Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you and on with the show. It's something few of us think about and probably fewer of us experience. Prison. Prisoners are the invisible part of our society, shut behind tall walls and forgotten by the majority of the community. But imagine what it would be like to be sentenced to prison while your children are still young, knowing by the time you get out, they will be almost teenagers. That's what happened to Kerry Tucker. Now she's written a book with Craig Henderson, bringing that experience to life. Kerry, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you here. But let's start at the very beginning. Uh, Can you tell us how you ended up in prison? Well, I was, um, let's just say I was in a a, a very, very, very unhappy uh, marriage and I was sort of desperately looking for ways to make things better and and got involved, you know, in in some really bad choices. Um, And at the time, I didn't see them as bad choices. It's only been able to, you know, being out 10 years and being able to reflect that I go, oh my God. But back then it was, it seemed like a normal choice to make and it was a very easy choice to make when people you know, are in, in desperate situations, you know, when you've got small kids and things like that, it's very easy to make very stupid mistakes and very desperate mis- mistakes, you know, so. And so, in effect, it was about um, embezzlement? Is yes, right? I'm sorry, then, yes, yeah. yes, it was. Um, it was fraud, so, um, and it was, um, at the time, it was up there with being, you know, um, I've, I've noted that it sort of has been said one of the biggest in Australia, but, it, you know, it, that's giving me far too much credit. <laughs> that was, It was, um, at the time, in Victoria, probably one of the highest amounts, yeah. Would you agree that um, prisoners are that forgotten part of our world, that few people think about those who've been sentenced to prison, apart from perhaps their mm. families? I absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And I've spent, you know, the 10 years that I've been out trying to raise awareness in this, apart from refugees and homeless, you know, I believe that the women's prisons, I don't speak for men's prisons, but the women's prison and women in prison are by far and above the most disadvantaged group of, of people in Victoria, if not Australia. You know, they're all mothers. Most of them, you know, 90% of them, I'm just drawing on a stat there, but 90% of them are non-violent offenders. Most of them have come from, you know, backgrounds of abuse, of um, rape and neglect and homelessness and drugs and so on and so forth. So, you know, um, and they also don't get programs as much as people think they do. All the funding goes to the men's prisons because of the, the large population. We have this whole cohort of damaged women, damaged mothers, damaged sisters, you know, damaged aunts. They're all women and good women. Um, and they are forgotten until what someone's family member or someone's loved one or someone's relative, you know, gets involved in drugs. And then people sort of tend to see things a little bit differently, you know. So it, the program Wentworth has come out and other people have seen things like Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. And I've only seen the first episode of Wentworth, but one thing that strikes me about that is a sense of fear of the prisoners who are inside jail, is that part of the reason why people forget women in prison, that they're afraid of them, that they Mm. think they're all 
uh, rough, ready, yeah. going to hurt them. Mm. I think you're right. I think the general perception from the community is that half of them are drug users, so therefore we just don't care about them because they, they think that that's a choice. Um, and the other half are murderers. And they're exactly where they should be. And some of them, absolutely, I would agree with you there. Um, so I think there's a very black and white view when it comes to women in, you know, in prison. And women tend to also get um, a double, what we call a double sentence, because um, if you look at the media reporting on women, it's always mother of two or things like that. So there's that sort of double sentence within the community as well, where there's children involved. Um, and that's because they've sinned greater because they're a mother. Where as a father, it's not even mentioned. That's exactly right. Yeah. So and that's just really unfortunate. That's the way it is, but it's really unfortunate. So, you know, I think it's easier to, um, you know, um, turn your back on people that you don't really understand, which is why I've spent so much time and, and in the book as well, talking about the damaged women in there and bringing them to life, making them relevant, making them, you know, part of the community again, because they will be. You mentioned that many of them are mothers, and in the book you talk about how um, not only do kids come and visit, but some women have their babies in prison, mm-hmm. depending on what the laws are in yep. whatever state they are in. Um, did you see the impact of having their children around them for these women? Yeah, yeah. It's um, I, I after I, I probably years and years and years ago when I was first married and didn't have children of my own, I would have been the same. You know, who, who on earth would let kids go into a prison? Um, now I will go to my grave believing that, you know, every child should be with their mother, you know, in circumstances where they possibly can be. So in prison, it not only, not only was the mother more wholesome and, and, and had to strive to be, you know, stay off drugs and whatnot, otherwise the child would be removed, obviously. So it was a win-win situation. The prison was much more mellow because there was the sound of little kids and, and, you know, it was really the women's language sort of stopped and, and it really softened the place. And, you know, I, I always believe, certainly they're only in there allowed, you know, to, uh, to four years old so they, before they have to go out to the community and go to normal school and, and whatnot. But prior to that, those years they need to be with their mother, I think, you know, where it's safe to, to, to do so. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Kerry Tucker. She's the author with Craig Henderson of the book The Prisoner, How One Woman's Jail Term Was the Making of Her. And Kerry uh, was in prison in Victoria and was sent to prison when her children were very young. Um, How was that experience for you? I can't imagine it. I mean, any parent can't imagine what it's like to have to leave their children that way. And and you know as much as as much as it is a consequence of prison, you know no no one's asking um, anybody to feel sorry for the for the offender, you know. But the fact is, you're still a woman and a mother, and and have the heart and bonds and whatnot. So so um, the separation from from my children was just enormous. Was just you know so um, I I remember them coming into the visit centre for the first time and and being you know being walked out with, with two burly, you know, corrections officers with, with in uniforms and whatever else and them screaming, Mummy, come with me. You know, it was, and it just brings tears to my eyes to think of it now. So it was incredibly hard. But what it did do was I realised then that I needed to come out and be bigger than my sentence for them to ever say, I'm proud of you, Mum. You know, I really had to do some amazing things and be bigger and better than what I'd done to be a mother in their eyes again. That was the most important thing to me, and still is. 
And what you mentioned before that, that people in the general community might say uh, women have uh, sinned twice because they're a yes. mother and, yes. a, and, and yep. a criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a in a way, as you said, they're, they're sentenced twice as well because oh, you're away from your children. Um, how did you navigate your way through that? Because it was it seven years in the end. You were the, my sentence was seven years, but I was in um, in Dame Phyllis Frost Centre for four and a half. So there's a top and a bottom sentence. Um, I actually, because my ex-husband and I weren't, you know, chipper, <laughs> um, I was very thankful that he had my daughters and they weren't in foster care or anything like that. But we still had issues. He didn't understand what a maximum security prison was like. I didn't know until I got there. Um, so I had to navigate that sort of things where, you know, where I couldn't see them. I went to family court. I was awarded, I think, 30 hours a week, um, uh, 30 hours, sorry, a year to be able to see. That's a bit different, isn't it? It is when you're a non-violent offender, you know. And the other thing, I guess, that I I need to to sort of make clear that we all do as mothers in there is that we're not sitting there saying, right, well, I know I've mucked up and I'm in here, just bring my kids in, you know. Um, It's not that at all. It's, It's our children's right to see their mother. That, you know, should never be disrupted if, if at all possible. So they don't need to be sentenced as well. You know, we'll take, we'll take that. We're not saying they're our kids, you know, we, we have a right to see them. It's the right of the children to be able to, you know. And the visit centre in the prison is very friendly, very vibrant. You know, it's a, it's a nice place, you know, um, as far as a, a maximum security prison goes. It's a <laughs> friendly place, you know. I know that you're here speaking about um, women and mothers but who who else is advocating for these women who are thrown in prison? And well, I'm not sure. <laughs> not, sure that, not many. <laughs> well, no, it's not a sexy topic. You know, um, politically, it's not a sexy topic. You know, um, but to me, it makes so much sense because because the mothers that are in there at the moment are raising the next generation of children, and all you know, all the women actually in prison. I'm just r- running it through my head. They they get released. You know, and you'd hope that they would come out and be good mothers, you know, to their children. If they can't, then the children, it, you know, becomes a generational thing. So it's really important, you know, it, to me it's a simple message. We're not asking for forgiveness. We're not, you know, that's what a prison sentence is for. But it's about raising community awareness and realising that we should be throwing funding at women's prisons, not reducing it, which is what they tend to do. Speaking of this idea that prison is for rehabilitation and and the idea of funding, while you were in prison, you um, completed studies yourself, but you're very articulate. You mentioned in the book that you had a quite a fortunate background, even though there were, you had your own troubles. You, yeah. you had a fortunate background compared to many women. Yes. I mean, there were some women you wrote about in this book that it's just devastating mm, to mm-hmm. hear what they'd been through. I think the, what, the devastating part, you know, in just t- uh, going on from what you were saying, is that I had to pick which stories to put in, you know. And, oh, and no. Yes, that's the I, – I, I sat down one night and had them spread out from my journals and I was like, you know, what do I throw a dart? Do I read through? There were so many of the same. I mean, and that, it's such a bleak place to start from, but what kind of um, rehabilitation projects do you think would work in prisons that we need in prisons to help women once they've been sentenced to break the cycle of, I suppose, domestic violence that a lot of them had come from, mental illness, drug Mm. abuse, that sort of thing? It's, um, uh, when I was there, my job was to greet every woman when they arrived and settle them in. I would say to you, without a shadow of doubt, 90% of the women arriving in prison came 
from a domestic violence situation either immediately before or during their um, during their crime. So, and that's a you know that's a fact statistically. It's I think it's around about seventy nine eighty percent. I'd go closer to ninety. My idea is that when they arrive, we start working on them straight away. They're assessed for what programs they need, not how they need to be settled into the prison. Um, you know that comes second. So, uh, what programs they need? If they've had sexual abuse, if they've had, if they've been raped, if they've been in a domestic violence. So many women left there that ha- we didn't have a domestic violence program when when I was in prison. That's not the prison's fault. It's the fact that the government won't have any funding yet. All of these women come from that, and their mindset is different to anybody else's. You know, a domestic violence um, survivor. So, you know, w- what you do is you address that. You address parenting. You address healthy food, healthy cooking, you know, drug and alcohol, obviously. And so that when the woman is about to be released, she's standing at that gate, the best person she could possibly be. She's been rebuilt and she'll go back out and she'll be a good mum. She'll she'll reintegrate into the community well. She'll hopefully get a job and she'll be whole again. That's, wouldn't you prefer someone like that to come and live next door to you? (laughs) I I just hear what you're saying and I... I just can't quite get my head around why it's not that sort of approach isn't supported or why people don't believe in it. Why isn't it that's politically right. palatable? Yeah, and that's right. This is, and I've lived it and seen it. And this is my point. We lost so many people that went out and actually were murdered by their partners because they didn't have these these programs and and whatnot. It is, it is just so simple. As we say, they're getting out. They are going to get out. So don't leave them sitting idle. You know, get let's let's start restoring. You know, the women. You know, and making them better because it was the community that hurt them. You know, so let's not put that money back in and 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 restore them so that you know it's a win-win situation. If we keep saying to women in prison once they get out, well, we didn't value the sentence that you did anyway, and we really don't want you around us, and we're not going to give you a job, and we're not going to do this. Why on earth would they? want to abide by the community's laws. Or contribute exactly. to that community. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. We're talking to Carrie Tucker. Her book is called The Prisoner, How One Woman's Jail Term Was the Making of Her. And we've been talking about women in prison, in particular mothers, and what kinds of women end up in prison and what kinds of supports we should be giving them. Um Carrie, it's hard not to look at you and hear you speak and think you must have a certain element of resilience that or mm. toughness of spirit or something to get through that and to you, you mentioned that your daughters were inspiration for you. Um, is the difference between you and the women who weren't able to grasp the responsibility that you had some sense of hope where they didn't? Uh, quite possibly, yes. And the other thing too was that you know I wasn't drug affected. I was very, I was the healthiest person in there basically. Um, and I also had this this passion of of being reunited with my daughters. So I knew that I couldn't let my um, my guard down at any time. But I was also very empathetic with all the women there. So you know I I was able to to get on a complete level. Um, and be able to um, reflect what was happening in there as far as the women go. I'm a resilient person sort of by nature, I think, so that helped. Um. But it's also, I mean, you mentioned, you talk about the women in the prison and you don't hold any punches. Like some, They were quite rough around the edges <laughs> yeah. and they've been brought up in a, a different world, yep. different environment to you. 
And that's what I'm trying to understand in a way is that you could be empathetic um, with women who probably in every way were pushing you away, like, Mm. you know, or or Mm. were somewhat confronting to talk to. Like, how did you find your way in in that sense? I've I've never, I've been a bit of a chameleon and I've always been a bit of a people person and I've always mixed really well with people. So I think that helped in the sense that when someone was standing there talking to me in, in, in prison language, I spoke the same back. If I was speaking to an officer, I would use my P's and Q's and I would respectfully convey the message. I adapted to what I needed to. You know, when when, when a girl's off the streets and she's hanging out, you know, from uh, through heroin withdrawal, she doesn't want me, you know, correcting her grammar. <laughs> you know, so, sure. so, so I spoke her language, you know, literally spoke her language. I became very much one of them. I didn't set myself aside from them at all. Um, I was part of that community community I was as criminal as they were um, so there was that level of understanding they most of them once they got to know me or word got around a little bit you know um, and I'd also greeted them the one of the things that's always touched me is that when when I'd greet them and they'd sit there and they'd be crying or, or whatever and I'd, I'd gently put my hand on their on their arm very gently and say what can I do for you sweetheart right now what can I do right now that's going to make this you know more often than not, they'd burst into tears and say that I was the nicest person they'd ever met. That's a profound statement when I'd said about eight words, you know. So that's that's where the relationships come from, you know. And I'd say, well, you, you're, you know, you're safe now. You know, let's get a letter off to your kids or something like that. So don't get me wrong. In there, there are some women that should just stay there. And, you know, I wasn't so nice <laughs> when it comes to that. But, but 99% of them, yeah. So now you have this fabulous book and I have to say it is immensely, I want to say, I can't use the word entertaining. I mean, it is an, it's an easy read, but it's not, um, there's so much in it that is um, thought provoking and interesting. Thank um, you. And you are now have reconnected with your daughters. Yes, so it's yes, nice yes. to have that happy ending. Absolutely. How have they received the book? They, you know, they've loved the book. They're very you know, proud of me. They've, and they've, they've both said it. I had to step through you know I, I considered them all the way through the book you know what what might upset them you know they they've got a fantastic relationship with their father and I cherish that so I've got to be very aware that these girls read read this story as well um but this was about you know a journey of of trying to trying to be relevant in their life as their mother you know which is it's just so even hard to say and understand all at the same time um under extraordinary circumstances, you know, um, we, I had a um, I had a twelve minute phone call um, twice a week, six minutes each. And by the time you've coaxed them out of their little voices, they'll go, oh, and and the phone will click off, you know, and it'll be like, damn, you know. So it was it was just trying to maintain a little bit of relevance, you know. Hey, I'm still here, sort of thing. Um, so it was really important to them, and they they saw that in the book. The cards that I wrote to them, they've still got today, boxes of them. So, you know, it was a journey for both of us, and I needed to respect, you know, just how traumatic it was for them too. Well, it is a fabulous book, and I certainly encourage everyone to um, get their mitts on it. <laughs> Kerry, thank you so much for coming Thanks so in. much for having me. Thank you. That's Kerry Tucker. She's an author with Craig Henderson of The Prisoner, How One Woman's Jail Term Was the Making of Her, and we'll pop links up on our website so you can get a copy of the book yourself. 